0: Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Amen. How many have your Bibles today? Yeah? All right. Seen them raise your the hand. Let me see you raise the book. That's good. Turn with us this morning to John's Gospel, chapter number one. St. John's Gospel, chapter number one. Uh, just anxious for the word this morning. It's been my heart's desire to uh, to be here and just appreciate the unction of the Holy Spirit. We have a, a mission today, and I pray that God will just help us complete it. Um, sometimes we measure ourselves uh, based off of uh, results that we don't have anything to do with. Amen. Yeah. If, if if I'm not careful, I'll measure yeah. the success of this church upon its attendance or, or whether or not we've seen someone saved recently or yeah. a response to the gospel. Um, but did you know that none of those things are my responsibility? Yeah. Yeah. So if I measure... Success based upon those things then and, and if I hold myself accountable for those things then I'll find myself often disappointed and discouraged yeah. do you know what he told me to do I have a charge of God word. preach the word I have a requirement of God to be instant in season out of season I may be a bit out of season today but I have to be instant ready yeah. The Bible said, I have a requirement to reprove, to rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering the people of God. Yeah. Now, I'm, let me be clear. When it comes to those three things, two out of those threes were a bit scolding. Yeah. Reprove and rebuke means you need correcting. And that is my responsibility as the man of God. And I, I, would, I would dare say anybody that if they preach does not reprove and rebuke, they are not preaching. <laughs> Because I assure you, the word of God, it scolds me often and uh, it corrects me. Aren't you glad? (laughs) Aren't you glad? John chapter number one, um, I'm just going to read a few verses and you pray for me. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. (laughs) In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it, not Skip down to verse 14 with me, and we'll be finished with the text. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Father, we thank you for your word today. Um, <laughs> Oh, how grateful that I am for a book, for a precious book that is different than all other books, lives, Father, so make it live to me. We open our hearts to it as we pray, you open it to our hearts. Oh, how I pray that we leave changed, that our our concept and, and comprehension of this book today, Lord, would be challenged. Right down to our very core. We're trusting you for strength. You know our needs. And we earnestly pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keep that book close to you this morning. Um, <clears throat> I believe it's imperative that we be reminded today that the Bible is not just a book. Yeah. Now, I, I am guilty... Of treating it just as a book sometimes, but I have also caught myself embracing this book as if it were someone, you ever done that, don't answer, but I want you to know that I know today, without a doubt in my mind, that this book, the Bible, this King James version that I've had for years, I want you to know that this is Jesus. And I want you to see that today. It's ever more clear that I've ever tried to present it. My mission is to show you that this book is Jesus. It is not simply the words of Jesus. It is not simply a book about Jesus. This is the word. You hold that in your lap, friend. Jesus. Had a guy say one time, he said, it offended me when the preacher pounded his fist on the Bible. He said, because I felt like that was Jesus. I can see that. I can see those people who if uh, they had to be shipwrecked only wanted one thing. Jesus. Did you know today that what you hold in your hand is the closest that you'll have to Jesus till we get to heaven? You have the privilege to hold within your hand, to look upon with your eyes, to to, to look through and read Jesus every day. What I want you to see today is that this book, is Jesus. So, preacher, I got a feeling that this won't be comfortable. I hope it is. But if it's not, we need to repent. If what I'm fixing to say describes you and Jesus, then we need to repent. If you leave Jesus in the car all week long, until Sunday morning and you hunt for it and find it in the back bit windshield, toasted by the sun, rolled up, and you grab it and run into church, I want you to know that you don't think about this as Jesus. It's just a book to you. Just a book. If you don't pick it up and read the pages of this book, As if they were life and light that He has declared them to be. I want you to know that you don't consider this book to be Jesus. Every one of us have a responsibility today, and I believe it's a mindset. I believe some of us are spoiled to the fact that that, that there's a, a good Sunday school teacher that'll study through the week and come prepared to teach us from the book about Jesus. And so we don't bother. There's a preacher who'll try to get ready and seek God and study his word and and hunt for uh, the very application of that word and and we'll all come in here and slide in here and just, just happy as we can be and never consider that we had a responsibility in our own lives to study to show ourselves approved in the word of God. This book is Jesus. I want you to examine yourselves in your life concerning that precious book, the very thing that you hold in your hand today, I believe it to be the closest thing to Jesus you'll ever have down here. And I hope our minds and our hearts settle in to that truth today. The truth is our actions establish that we don't love Jesus as much as we say we do. We can say all day long that I love Jesus, but we've never picked Jesus up. We never begin to commune with Jesus in the words of this book. We never begin to seek and find Jesus in the pages of the volume that he has come in. I want to say we ought to challenge whether or not we really love Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because this book is Jesus. I'm going to show you in the scripture today that this book is Jesus. And that's why I ask you to keep your hands on Jesus this morning. That you keep close because I want you to turn into pages as you go with us. As we look into the scripture this morning. If you're able to follow along with us, I want you to see what what God has said about this book and Jesus. I believe they're one and the same. You say you honestly believe that the book you're holding is Jesus. I do. (laughs) And I want you to see the word of God this morning. First John chapter number 1, verses number 1 and 2 is where we'll begin. We want to use uh, the, the, the very words, the very text that we read to you today. I want to use that to start our look into uh, the application of this truth. And uh, we'll start with John chapter number 1. The Bible said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When we talk about Jesus today, I believe that the apostle John had no problems interusing the word Jesus and the word. If you'll notice what he says right here. Now the apostle John, the first three gospels are synoptic gospels. They're they're very similar in what they say and their purpose. And yet the, the, the gospel of John is different than the other three in that it shares to us in a very simple way the, the what the others said it declares also but in a different way and as I look at this this morning you'll find that John the apostle he didn't tell about the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem he didn't declare unto you how shepherds came or wise men came he didn't tell you of how the angels came down that day and heralded his birth what he said was is that he's waiting for that In the beginning, he said, was the word. In the beginning was the word. And I want you to know, as far back as you can go, as far back as you can think, As far back as you want to have even imagined, may I say to you today that when you pick up this word, when you pick up this book and you read in Genesis chapter number one and verse number one, and it says to you, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I want you to know that that was not the beginning of God. That was not the beginning of the word. That was not the beginning. That was just the beginning we need to know about. But God was before the beginning. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is eternally before all things. And He is eternally beyond all things. And what we have today is a book that has been given to you and I that declares the beginning and it also declares the ending and, brother, everything beyond that. It is the Word. And what the Bible said was in the beginning was the Word. Past tense. <clears throat> as far as you want to go back, if you want to, if you want to genealogically go backwards to the to the creation of the earth and say, "Well, what we know of as creation began about six thousand years ago, or four thousand years before the time of Christ," as I wouldn't argue with you about that. What I want you to know that was when we enter the picture. In that very beginning, 6,000 years ago, what I want you to know is that the Word already was there. He met us there. He was already in the past tense. The Word and the Word was with God. The word was with God. Here we find the apostle John still using the word synonymously as the name Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. Doesn't the Bible teach us that these three are one? The father, the son, and the And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity, these three are one. And we find the Apostle John (coughs) would go on in verse number 14 to say, And the Word was made flesh, and that he dwelt among us, and that we beheld his glory full of grace and truth as the glory of the only begotten of God. May I say to you today that this old book that you hold in your hand, the apostle John was willing to say the word of God is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the word of God. You can't separate the two. You can't make one an inanimate object that it has nothing to do with the other. Jesus is the word of God. And yet we find we don't need Jesus. Now, as we think about this, you say, Preacher, that's, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. And yet we never pick up this book. We never entertain. What Jesus is, or who Jesus is. We never consider the fact that this is not just things and words about Jesus, but that this book has power of itself. This book lives where no other book lives. It has a light that no other book has. It has a light that shines from it. You say people that come into the light of Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, how in the world do I come within the light of Jesus Christ? Well, it's just like the sun. If it's shining out there, I've got to go out and get in it. But just as soon as I get in it, I know I'm in the light. Amen. You have got the light of Christ right here. It is Christ. There is nothing more you need in this world apart from the Holy Spirit of God than this book. This book. I can take it wherever I go. I've even got it on my phone. I've got it on my iPad. I've got multiple, multiple King James versions laying around the house. I've got books about this book, but they ain't this book. Amen. You can read a commentary all day long, but it ain't the Bible. Amen. They ain't but one Bible. They ain't but one book. They ain't but one Jesus. They ain't but one word. And they are synonymous. They are one and the same. I can say all day long that I love Jesus, but if I don't love the Bible, I lie. In the beginning was the Word, he said. And the Word was with God, the same was in the beginning and he said it was made flesh and dwelt among us he specifically is referring to the word as jesus christ first john five and seven if you want to turn with us you're welcome to first john five and seven for there are three that bear record in heaven the father and what's he say the word Listen to what he said. This is John again in that little epistle in chapter number 5. He said there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. What's John saying? He's saying the Word is Jesus. He's saying Jesus is the word. He's saying that any time you use Jesus, you can say the word, and they are synonymous. They are one and the same. I could contend today that the word of God is Jesus today. John chapter number 17, (coughs) verse number five, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was, what John said was in the beginning was the Word, and here we find in John 17:5 that the Lord Jesus himself said that I was with you, Father, before the world was. One and the same. Amen, one and the same. The word of God indicates that Jesus and the Bible are one and the same. Jesus is the word in person. The Bible is the word in print. But they're the same. They're the same. Verse number three, he said all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Notice this. John had no issues using the word and the personal pronoun him interchangeably. There was no question in the mind of the Apostle John that these two things are the same thing. Let me read it to you again. Verse number three, the Bible said, all things were made by him. Who's he talking about? Jesus, but who had he referred to this as just before the word? Do you believe today that the word of God is Jesus? Jesus is the Word. You say, where are you getting with this? I'm going to get there in a minute, but I want you to hear me. It's important that we see what the Word of God says about the Word. Somebody said you needn't preach about the Bible, just preach the Bible. Let me tell you something. The Bible talks about the Bible, so I'm going to preach the Bible talking about the Bible. We need to know today that this is not just a book. It is a life. It is Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope this changes our mind about this book. Psalms chapter number 33, verse number 6, I'm going to give to you. I'm not exhausting this, friend. We'd be here all day long if I had to try to exhaust this single subject. But I'm just going to give you a few. And if you'll follow along with me, I want you to notate in your Bible, mark it, write it down. If you take notes, take them. David said in Psalms chapter number 33, verse number 6, David said, he said, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. We find that David used the term the word to explain what god did right what does it what does genesis say the bible said that he spoke he spoke And there was light. He spoke, and the waters separated from the earth, and the dry land appeared. He spoke, and the stars found their places in heaven. He spoke, and the animals were created, and the grass and the trees were created. He spoke. It was Jesus, our Creator, that spoke. And yet David was able to say without hesitation that it was the word of God, the word of the Lord. He said, by the word were the heavens made. They are one and the same. Isaiah 44 verse 24. Isaiah would say it this way. Isaiah said, thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, he that Formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. Here we find Isaiah calling. The creator, the Lord, calling him by name, our master, Yahweh, Jehovah. He is the creator of all things. Isaiah would say it was the Lord. David would say it was the word. John would say it was the word. Jesus would say in the beginning before the world was, I was with you. The two are the same. Oh, how I treat my Bible. Is it really Jesus to me? Look with us now, Jeremiah. Jeremiah 51 verse 15. Jeremiah would say it like this. <coughs> and I'm just looking at creation, right? I'm just looking at one facet of this particular subject. Jeremiah would say in 51 15, he said, he hath made the earth... By his power, he hath established the world by his wisdom and hath stretched out the heaven by his understanding. All three of those being the personal pronoun referring unto God himself as the creator of the world. And yet we also find that the word of God, the word itself is used interchangeably to say it was the word. It was the word that framed the world. Let's read that in Colossians verse number one, verse number 16. Paul would say it like this. The apostle Paul said, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by who? Him. Him. And for him. Now that's the apostle Paul speaking directly using the personal pronoun him concerning Jesus Christ. And yet Paul would come back in Hebrews chapter number 1 verse number 10. And the Paul would say this. And thou Lord in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are the works of thy hand. Again declaring that it is God. It is Jesus that hath created all all things. You say, I get that. Oh, but get this, in Hebrews chapter number 11, Paul would come back a third time speaking about he who hath made all things. And I want you to hear how he referred to it. Hebrews 11 verse number 3, he said, yet in the same letter to the Hebrews, he would say this, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen, that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. They were made by the Word. By the Word. (coughs) Is the Bible Jesus? John chapter number 1, verses number... First John chapter number one, verse number two. Here's John again, describes the two as the same. Here's what he said. I'm in first John chapter number one. I'm gonna use verse number one and two again. Just the same as we use gospel of John to start our text, we go to first John and we see that the apostle says this again. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Jesus. And then he says next, of the word of life. Specifically saying that Jesus Christ is the word of life. Do we deny that the book we hold is the word of life? It is the word of life and therefore it is him. Him. It is him. That's what John was saying. He said, we've handled him. We said all of these things he's saying. We have handled the word of life. For the life, he said in verse number two, was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and shew unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. He's referring directly about Jesus. Jesus is the word. The word is Jesus Now, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but some of you didn't even bring Jesus with you this morning. Some of you didn't even even talk to Jesus today. You say, how in the world can I hear from Jesus? There's a book. There's a book. I'm going to preach on the second part of this tonight, so you better come back tonight. Right? Because I'm going to tell you specifically about the attributes of this book, how it's living and not dead. I'm going to prove to you from the Word of God today that this ain't just a book. It's alive. It can can do things that no one else can do. It can do things that no other book can do. It can do things a movie can't do, a song can't do. It'll do things for it. And I want to show you from the word of God what he says it will do. What he says it will do, each one of those things I'm going to share with you tonight are life attributes that the Bible says about the Bible that it has. Indicating to you and I what we're trying to get across this morning is that this book is Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ. First, um, John, Gospel of John, chapter number one again. I'm going to try to finish up using that fourth verse this morning and two different parts of that verse that was given to us. Here's what he said. In him was life, and the, light was the, li- and the life was the light of men. Two things there. What John said about the word. And then, of course, he's using the the personal pronoun here in verse number four, right? He's using them interchangeably, right? John did not have a problem using, speaking directly about the word and about Jesus Christ as the same thing. And in verse number four, he would say, in him was life. And then number two, he would say, and that life was the light of men. I want to look at those two things this morning As we close this, I want to look at those two things and to help us see once more, once more, that Jesus is the Word of God. John chapter number 14, as we look at Jesus is the life, I want you to see also from the Word of God that it specifically says the Word is life. Look with me in John chapter 14, verse number 6. John chapter number 14, verse number 6 Jesus said unto them, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. Now, that's Jesus saying, I am the life. We've already heard the apostle John in verse number four say, Jesus, him, he is the life. But I want you to hear also what John says in chapter six, verse 63. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, which is it? Is Jesus is the life or is the word the life? They're the same. They are the same. And the Bible tells us this as much. They are the same. Let's look now at the light. And he said, and the life was the light of the world. John chapter number 8, verse number 12, then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That was Jesus speaking directly to his disciples. I am, he said, the light of the world. Then we find in Psalms, the the psalmist would write in Psalms 119, 105, he would write these words. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. Which is it? Is it the word or is it Jesus? They're the same and so forth and so on throughout the rest of the word of God I told you you can't exhaust this one in one setting you can't endure all the scriptures that go back and forth suggesting to you and I that when we pick up this book we sometimes think of it as just another book just something else having been printed but may I say to you today the words that are in this book are not just words they are Jesus they are someone they are someone And if I start to consider this book as someone instead of something, I will treat the book different. I'll treat everything I know about the book different. I would never throw someone in the back window of my car and leave him or her there until next Sunday. If I love someone, I would never not talk with them for a whole week. I would never not seek communion with them for any amount of time. And yet, what this book is, is a living document, living document that allows me to talk with Jesus every day. Say, oh, if I could just hear Jesus. You're not reading him. Because the very minute you begin to seek in him those words that you need. Somebody, somebody raise your hand and say, I know what you're talking about. He talks to me from the book. How many times have you gone to the book in need of an answer? And right there it was. And I'm talking about not just an answer. I'm talking about when you read it, you were going, Whoo, that was God. He spoke to me. It lives, amen, and it has power that nothing else has power. We treat it, friend, as if it's something that we can nonchalantly be a part of. But I want you to know that if you're not taking serious the Bible, the Word of God, then you're not loving Jesus the way you should. Remember that whole reprove, rebuke thing? We need to get this right. (coughs) If I'm really interested about Jesus, guess what? I'm going to be interested about the study of Jesus. Did anybody know that we study about Jesus on Sunday mornings? You know why we? You know why we? You know what book we use? Better be this one, right? If there's any teachers not using this, they got the wrong book. Because what we're studying and what we're seeking and what we're learning about is Jesus, Travis. We learning about G. This is Him. And when we come together at 9.30 on Sunday morning, now granted, sometimes we get unsquared away and we don't have Sunday school, but most of the time we do. You know why we do? Because we want to know more about Jesus. This is him. This is him. I don't need no other document. I don't need no other commentary. This is him. And he'll speak to me from this book. He will, won't he? He'll speak to me from there. He speaks to me from this book. I'm not going to testify for you, but bless his name. I found him over and over to be in this book. Amen. Guess what? This book just ain't in this book. Guess where else this book is? I've committed a great deal of this book in, in here and you know what happens sometimes? I ain't even got this book open and sometimes it starts, it starts rolling around in my mind as my memory can recall, recall the words of Christ and it rescues me and it rescues me and it helps me and it saves me day after day because the power in the word of God is Jesus. Amen. Well, It ain't no surprise to us that he said, Lo, I come in the volume of a book its written of me. Hallelujah, we just ought to applaud God for thinking of this. Can you imagine trying to live a Christian life without this? <coughs> Do you know the Bible said that, that concerning the Bible, I love the Bible talks about itself. The Bible said about the Bible that it's of no private interpretation. Right? You can say, well, I think it means this and therefore it does. You ain't the authority You ain't the speaker and you never will be. Best we can do is open up the pages and let it speak. And I believe that's the best way to study the Bible is let's figure out what it says, let's figure out what it means, and then let's figure out what it means to us. That's how you study the Bible. You recognize that this ain't just a book, that this is holy writ, that old men, men of old, were moved by the Holy Spirit of God and they penned onto these pages, not words, not script, but they penned Jesus onto something for you and I to hold. Glory to God. We've got something we can take with us. Brings me to the last part. Bible, the Bible. Jesus is the sword, and the word is the sword. Right. Good night. I'm only showing you pieces and parts. I wish you could see it in its whole. But let me finish with this. The Bible said in Revelations chapter number nineteen, verse sixteen. Jesus, this is Jesus. It's speaking about at His coming. When he returned, the Bible said, and he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in its strength. No question who they're talking about. There is no question who John was writing about. He was writing about Jesus when he comes back. And yet what we find, the Apostle Paul say in Hebrews 4 verse 12, he said, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged what? (laughs) Do you think it's a coincidence that almost every writer in the book referred to the two synonymously? That when they referred to the word of God, they could have just as easily been saying the name Jesus. And yet when they said Jesus, they could have just as easily said the word. That's what John did as he started both the epistles and the gospel, he started it with that very concept. He said, hey, I'm gonna talk to you about Jesus and he never mentioned his name. He referred to him as the Word, capital W, both times. He said, I'm gonna tell you about one thing. At the end of John chapter number 20, he said, all these things were written that you might believe. He said, the books couldn't hold all that Jesus did if they were written. No, he said, the world could not contain the books if it was all written. He said, but what was written was written that you might believe in Jesus, in Jesus, coming from glory. As he comes back to rule as the king of this earth, the Bible said out of his mouth goeth a sharp two-edged sword. And yet the Apostle Paul, before Revelations was ever penned, the Apostle Paul would say, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible said cutting, coming and going. It'll cut you when it goes in, and when it comes out, it's cutting something else. That's a two-edged sword. Which side of this sword are you on? you on the side that is misery? Are you on the side that is hopelessness? Are you on the side that is dark? Or are you on the side of that cut that has led you into the light and you now know the life of Jesus Christ and it is in you? He said to the Father, he said, I'll place my word in their heart. Who do we say we have in our heart? We say it's Jesus. But guess who else it is? It's one and the same, you see. It's the word. We find through the Psalms all over and over about the Word of God and all of these things are synonymous with Jesus Christ our Lord. But here's what it says. And I'm going to finish this. Come get a song. He said this about the two-edged sword. He said it'll come. He said it'll divide asunder soul and spirit. It'll divide the joints and the marrow. And he said it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let me tell you something. You pick up tomorrow's newspaper. You can read it from front to funny. And you know what you'll not find? Something that discerns the very intents and thoughts of your heart. You can pick up any book. You can pick up books about the Bible. You can pick up books about Jesus. You can pick up any other book, and it does not have the power to discern your heart. But you pick up this book, it does. You pick up this book, it'll strap you from one end to the other and make you shout over it. You pick up this book, you will find something that begins to probe into your life, into your heart, into your conscience. It has an ability no other book has. It is a discerner of the intents and thoughts of the heart. You want to know why we don't pick it up? It exposes me. I don't even have to ask it. I just opened up and began reading the pages and feel the heart of hearts begin to shred and tear tear away. As the words of life begin to do what only the words of Jesus can do, what Jesus begins to do to me is I begin to expose myself unto the reading and studying of his word. He begins to transform me and take from me those things that needn't be there. And I'll tell you right now, you talk about the word of God being a sword, it's still cutting me. Amen. Every day it's going in it's coming out. Every day I'll pick it up and every day I'll say, I believe it's life. I believe it's Jesus. It'll start cutting. and It'll start removing. It'll start helping because this can do what nothing else can do. Will you believe with me today that this book is Jesus? Now, you say, preacher, if that book's Jesus, we need to be awful careful. Yeah, why don't we just put that thing in a box and we'll just set it up here? And how about we all just come up here and bow down and worship the book? If that's Jesus, let's just, let's just worship the book. Anybody think that's, that's where we ought to go? If that's what you got out of the message, you missed the point. This is not to be enshrined and worshiped as an object of our faith. What we're declaring today is that it is our faith. It is a power of itself that nothing else has. It is a power that whether I have it in my hand or I have it in my head, it is just as powerful. It's just not the object. Though we ought to be careful how we treat the object. We ought to treat our Bibles, I believe, with some kind of reverence. It's not to be worshipped, but it also ain't to be thrown in the back windshield. Bless God, if your Bible is meant to hold the door open as a stop, you've got a issue. You probably just need a door stop, right? And amen, start doing with the Word of God what it's meant to do. If the Word of God is just a crutch, amen, I understand we're crippled... But it's, been more, it's more than that. If it's just something you need when you're in trouble, you've not yet seen it as what it is. This is not an it. It is a person. The Apostle John and everything that I read to you, Jeremiah, David, all of them, what they were saying, they were using a personal pronoun. They were referring to the Word of God as Him. This is not an it. It is not a thing it is a person. And the wondrous thing about God is that He could put the person within the pages of a book and it still live. That not amazing. It still live. Oh, we could go on and on. People have died for him. You read, you read in Fox's Book of Martyrs about all those that died for the word. Who were they dying for? They wasn't dying for an it. No, what they knew about this was that it was him. They'd strap them to poles and burn them alive. And they would never recount their faith in this book. Why? Because it's not just a book. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. He's meant to be in our heart, in our head. He's meant to be something that we can look upon and study. The Bible said in Second Timothy, right, I'll, I'll share some of this tonight, but the Bible said, all Scripture is given by inspiration. God breathed, that means All, all Scripture. We're going to talk about the Scripture tonight and its life, the powers it has that no other book has. I hope you'll come back and hear it. But I want you to take this away this morning. This is Jesus. And when we study this book, you know what we're studying? We're studying Jesus. Not just the book. It's not not just an exercise in intellectualism. What we do when we open and study the pages of this book is we're handling the words of life. Full of grace and truth, John said. We beheld it. We handled it. We handle it right here. We've got Jesus right here. This is as close to you'll have as Jesus of anything on this earth that you'll ever know. Till you get to heaven. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Stand with us. If you're here this morning, I don't know how you've treated the book, but often our actions are because we don't understand what we got. I want to say to you today that when we come back tonight, you know what we're going to preach from? Hey, I plan on being here Wednesday night. You know what I'm going to preach from? Wait a minute, if this is Jesus, reckon you should hear it? Reckon we need to hear what it says? Reckon if the Holy Spirit moves upon me as the pastor of this church and says, I want you to preach this, you reckon he meant for you to hear it? Why? This ain't just a book, friend. It's Jesus we're handling. This is Jesus we're declaring. This is Jesus who is speaking to you and to me. And any time I got an opportunity to be in the middle of that, I ought to be there. I ought to be there. Why? Because it's Jesus. It's not just a book. It's Jesus. I've heard it all before, you say. Again, you missed the point. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And this is Him. This is Him. So we're going to preach about Him. We're going to sing about Him. We're going to testify about Him. We're going to pray to Him. We're going to do those things that exalt Jesus. And I can tell you right now, if a, if a church doesn't have this as the very foundation of how they go to Jesus, they missed it. They missed it. It's the Word of God. Frame the worlds as we know them. The Word of God. Right here. All that we could see this book is Jesus. Go ahead and sing. If you're here and need to repent, get it done. Repent. Let's make it right with God and let's live like we believe. We have Jesus right here.